Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause. Happy Friday, Edwin. Happy Friday, Andrew. Man, we are so excited to be coming to the end of a week and rolling into a weekend. We're excited because... The Lord's Day is right around the corner, and if you're in the Tampa area, we want you to come out and worship with us at Livingston. Go to our website, www.christiansmeethere.org, for location information, times, but uh, Lord willing, we'll be starting at 10 a.m., so hopefully we'll get to meet you there, and let us know if you're listening to Text Talk, because we want to shake your hand. (laughs) We appreciate all those who are listening. Rate and review on the different podcast apps, that would really help us. That helps people find us. Yes. And uh, of course, you know, we're we're here to try to help our brothers and sisters, our guests that come in, but we want to get this word out to as many people yes. who, who can hear the word of God and, and get to the people who need to hear these things from God's word. First John chapter three today, wrapping up the chapter, we're going to read verse 19 through the end of the chapter. I'll be reading from the English standard version. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Just as he has commanded us, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. You know, when you're reading there in verse 19, Uh, We know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. And verse 20, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. I, I, I read that and I think about kind of what we've been talking about the last couple of episodes with, um, people with a tender heart and they, they want to do right. And they're reading these things about, um, sinning and it it troubles them the idea of being deceived it troubles them and there's a i think a a lesson to be made here that god's truth is greater than my own conscience and i i want to have a conscience trained by the word of god i want to surrender to the truth of the word of god and trust that word of god that i'm not, not judging myself yeah and i know a lot of times when i think about my own conscience i probably want to give myself a pass where i don't deserve a pass mm-hmm. but it can go the other way where i am uh, i know people like this they have such a, a standard and such a tender heart about everything that um, you know they need the word of god to assure them hey god's not out to zap you right now god is is for you and keeping you there and so have a greater faith in God's word and God's truth than even your own heart. Here's a question. Just as I'm reading this, he says, by this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart. But by my, my question becomes by what? Now, I know, Andrew, we can't earn our way in. Mm. And so I know that there's nothing about this that says, well, by just trying harder, by going and doing some things, you'll reassure yourself and know you're right. But there does seem to me to be a little bit of this, that the way to reassure our heart Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Sure. When I when I take the steps of service mm-hmm. and actual active love, that will reassure my heart. Yes. Uh, do, do you see some of that in here as well? Oh, absolutely. Again, not I'm earning my way in by going out and serving people, 
But but, yeah, but, but sadly, I, I think too many times we get into that argument or that framework about, well, if, if I'm doing good works, then I'm trying to earn my way to heaven. Yeah. And, no, so I better not. not do any good work. Yeah, so I better not do any good work. <laughs> sure, I want do people that. to think that. <laughs> uh, and maybe the the whole uh, good works and loving our neighbor in truth indeed gets short shrift yeah. because we'd hate to be theologically unsound wow. about yeah. you know about saving you know grace through grace and faith and yeah, all, that, and stuff, that, and all, all that. that stuff yeah yeah so so here so in the recovery world and like the 12-step world i know very often what they will share with folks is when you're getting caught up in your own head in your own stinking thinking as they say all right when you're when you're caught up in that what what typically happens is you're being focused on self okay. and the way to get out of that is to go in their language do acts of service you know, go acts of service. And I'm actually hearing here, I think, kind of this same idea that that when your heart is condemning you, what, what's what's the problem here? When your heart is condemning you, look, God is greater than your heart yeah. and God's the judge. Yeah. And so what, when, when your heart is condemning you, if you want to reassure your heart, don't sit there in your pity party. Don't sit yes. there in, in beating yourself up. Just get out in love. Go to your brothers and sisters in love. Visit someone in the hospital. Go cut someone's grass. Go wash someone's car. Take someone a meal. Go, go find out something you can do uh, to help yeah. prepare for Bible class. Go, go find someone that you can talk to and encourage and cry with them or rejoice with them, or you know that kind of thing. And, and go help a deacon. <laughs> and it's and it's yeah. And it's not that that reassures you because you're like, oh hey, there's another mark. There's another jewel in my crown. I've now done another good work that's going to be on my side of the ledger when I stand before God. No, it reassures us because what we're doing is we're getting outside of ourselves. It reassures us because in those moments we are acting like Jesus. We are becoming more like Him. Well, that's the thing. And if I could borrow a phrase, but spiritual formation. What am I supposed to be yeah. looking like, my Father? What yes. am I supposed to be looking like, Jesus? What did Jesus do? washing the feet yes it all goes together yeah and so we have that so if your heart condemns you reassure your heart by getting out there and loving the brothers and sisters the way this is talking about i love this he says whatever we ask from him we receive because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him Uh, wow that sounds familiar oh yeah john 15 this entire paragraph has got us anchored back again in john 15 where we are branches that abide in the vine okay and what are we supposed to it's just a reminder in john 15 what am i i'm a branch i'm a branch what's my job abide abide that's it that is my one job my job is actually not to produce fruit my job is to abide in the one that produces fruit and yet in the abiding he will use you to produce fruit that's right because he's really good at it yeah and i'm not so so what do i do i abide in him and i remember when we were talking from john 15 we recognize three main things that help us abide one pray Mm -hmm. two be in the word Mm -hmm. and three do what he says. And if you remember, doing what he says actually meant abiding in his love in John 15. Abiding in his love. And, and I would say that we're being taught here doing what he says is loving the brethren. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's well, a, yes. That's a sign of the abiding also, Okay, so let's let's jump into that. Well, first of all, I just want you to notice verse 22 where we back, we're back to asking, which is prayer, okay. commandments, which is his word, okay, yeah, right. and doing them, mm-hmm. which is abiding in his love. He's really got it. Now, I do love this. When he talks about the commandments, now in this context, he brings up two specific commandments. Yes. And here's the commandment. Believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. You know, I do think about, well, now I'm in, what, John 5 and 6, the feeding of the 5,000. 
And remember when they came and wanted to make him king and he says, you guys came to me. You're here today, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of pushing him on that. It's like no matter what he says, they come back with, yeah, but if you go ahead and feed us today, go ahead and feed us today. And he says, well, don't work for the food that perishes. Work for the food that endures to eternal life. Well, what works do we do? He said, this is the work of God. You believe in the one whom he sent. Mm -hmm. That's the command. Believe in Jesus again and again and again throughout John uh, we discovered so many of those metaphors and the commands of those metaphors had to do with believe in Jesus mm-hmm. and and John now brings that home this is the command in case in case when we were going through John mm-hmm. and and you might have thought Andrew that we were mistaking no now John preaches his sermon he says no no that that is exactly what I was saying that's exactly what the gospel message says this is the command believe in in Jesus mm-hmm. and Amen. love your brother and love your brother <laughs> and love your brother <laughs> and love your brother because you believe in Jesus. Well, and it's, it's the greatest command. Yeah. You know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your brother. So if we want to abide in God and there's a whole lot in this sermon from John, that's about abiding, walking in the light, mm-hmm. living in Jesus, abiding and dwelling in God, abiding and dwelling in us. And what we find in this is how do I know that I am abiding in God. It's not some mystical, ethereal feeling. It's not some better felt than told kind of, oh, I had the shivers or, oh, you know, I I felt like I had a warm rushing all over my body. I know I'm abiding in God by the very practical means of doing what he says. And that's a wonderful, I think a wonderful, encouraging word right there because, you know, sometimes you can have a fear. I've gotten so busy today. I don't know that I've thought about God. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm necessarily sinning or going off into waywardness, but, uh, you know, just raising the kids and going to work and all the different things pulling at me. Uh, am, am I abiding in God or am I not abiding in God? I, I haven't had that mystical, warm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know what? Let me just point this out and we'll have to piggyback off of this with the next statement. But I do I do want you to see this, that he says, here's how you know you're abiding in God because you're doing what he says. And then when he gives the commands... They are things that we can go back to what he wrote in that gospel, mm-hmm. and we can find them there. Mm-hmm. How, how do I know these are God's commands? Because I find them in God's revealed written word. Amen. Not because I sat down and I got really still and I heard the voice of God in the gentle whisper saying, this is what you're supposed to be doing for me today. You know, he, John doesn't say that. He doesn't say, here's how you know you're abiding in God. You know you're abiding in God because you sat down and, and you waited for God to tell you what to do. No, because you did what God said. You did what we had in this book that I wrote for you before. Yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. Now, I know what the person's response is going to be to what I just said, Andrew. I think they're going to say, well, but wait a minute, Ed. When the last half of this verse says, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Well, I don't see how that would be different at all, though. I mean, I, I think about John 3, and we already talked about that this week. W- what does it mean to be um, born again? It's to be born of water and the Spirit. Yeah. So I don't think I would be surprised or see any contradiction to find out that as I'm abiding in the Lord, I have the Spirit. I have the Spirit. I, I think what folks are going to say is, well, yeah, but when you have the Spirit, that means you're going to speak in tongues. When you have the Spirit, that oh, means you're going to have prophecy. Oh, oh, oh. And when you have the Spirit, this is how they knew they were abiding in God because they were able to perform miraculous works. But I think what you've just demonstrated is, wait a minute, in the context of John, 
I'm not sure that's the case. Yeah. In the context of John, what we have is is that when the Spirit moves into us, it changes us. That was John 3. Yeah. You know the Spirit is in you because of the effects it has on you. And the fruit of the Spirit, if you remember from Galatians 5, is not speaking in tongues, prophecy. I'm not saying that there never were manifestations like that. Sure, there were manifestations like that. But what we see in Scripture is the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is not that we get to perform miracles. The real fruit, the better fruit, the greater fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm-hmm. Against such there is no law. And the first one is love. And boy, if that is in our vocabulary word for First John. Yeah, yeah. The first one is love. <laughs> and of course, love. if you remember the big passage that talks to us about the miraculous gifts in First Corinthians chapter 13, what that chapter pointed out is, yeah, sure, there's going to be miraculous gifts that they were using, but the more important thing is that you love. Love. That's the real fruit of the Spirit. Yes, the Spirit manifested in the lives of Christians when he needed to sure. with these miraculous gifts. So here's the thing. And listen, I, I think we, we need to be really serious about this. You know, I think I fear what happens for folks like us who are cessationists and our brothers and sisters who are cessationists along with us. Now, that's a new word for our bingo card. Okay. So we need to tell people cessationist means, right, that the Holy Spirit is no longer acting in those miraculous manifestations of speaking in tongues and healings. Yeah. Because this work of revelation has ceased. Yeah. There's a closed canon. God's word is revealed. Yeah. That's basically what cessationism is. Go ahead. So here's my fear. My fear is that cessationists like us come to this passage and we go to a verse over here and a verse over there and say, oh, see, the Spirit's not working like that anymore. And so now 1 John chapter 3 and verse the last half of verse 24 doesn't really mean anything for us. I don't think that's the case. I think we need to understand what it meant for them and therefore what it means for us. We know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Why, how? Because his fruit is growing in us. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, if, if you've been a Christian for 30 years and you're not growing in love, you're not growing in joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faith, uh, you probably should, I should probably, let's make it about me. If I'm not growing in those things, I'm not having the yeah. spirit if impacting I'm, I'm in me. In I'm, I've got some problems. Yeah. And so, yeah, let's not, oh, well, we don't believe the spirit is working miracles anymore. And so this verse doesn't apply to us. No, it applies to us the same way it applied to them. If the Spirit's fruit is not growing in me, the Spirit's not active in me. Mm -hmm. And whatever you want to say about how the Spirit would be active, we can talk about that in another discussion. He's not doing it if, you're, if we're not growing in it. And that's a sign I'm not abiding in God. Yeah. So I need to be abiding in God. I need to be looking in that mirror. Yeah. I need to be yeah. looking in that mirror. Well, I think it's been a great week. We've had some deep discussions, and I'm sure we'll have some more deep discussions in Chapter 4 next week. We will be together on Sunday. We'd love for folks to join us. Please come see us uh, among the Christians that meet on Livingston Avenue. Right now, Andrew, why don't you lead us out in prayer? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your word and for this time and the broadcast that we've been able to look through John 3 together this week. We are greatly encouraged and challenged, certainly to abide in you, Father, to bear fruit, to love you, to believe in Jesus Christ, to love our neighbor just as we have been taught to love, to love the brethren just as we have been shown to love by Jesus Christ. We know, Father, that it would be a better church, a better place to live, a better world, if we might do these things for your glory. We pray that you bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.